This is the Business Storytelling Show, a top global marketing podcast listened to in more than 100 countries, live streamed on social media, and broadcast on DBTV. Christoph Trapp chats with industry leaders to help your company tell better business stories. Here's today's episode. On social media that you want to think about is we used to have the organic era. Anybody remember the organic era? This is when you could post stuff on social media and people would actually see it and people would click on your content. And what we've seen in the last few years, people don't click on anything anymore and it's not your fault. Your content isn't any worse, usually, unless it is. Um, but even if it's still good content, people are not clicking. And do you know why that is? Because, as we say in the U.S., the mighty dollar or the mighty euro. Seriously, because all these social networks want to make money, and they don't make money by you clicking, by people clicking on anything. So you have to reimagine your strategy, and there's really two ways to do that. One is you can take your own money and throw it at advertising and get people to you know, see your content because you're paying those social media networks. The other area to do that is native content. If you don't know what native content is, that means it's presented to you on the specific network that you're on. There's no clicking, there's no anything, it's right there. I'm not asking you to go somewhere else, I'm not asking you to download my crappy PDF on my website, or anything like that. And I think a lot of companies struggle with this today because they have this mind. So what happens is it, we're always a couple years behind, right, in our strategies. So back, so if I would have been here 10 years ago, I would have said, you want people to click on over. You want people to do this. You want people to do that. But today that doesn't work anymore. So you have to create your content differently. You have to change your goals. And you know what else happens? Uh, we talked about clickbait. Uh, in the introduction, is if you get people to click and your content on your website is even worse, it's just not a long-term strategy. It's going to hurt you. So right now, we're in the native content era and the paid era, quite frankly. So you have to pick one or the other. You can do both. Um, but what I find as a content strategist, when you put money behind uh, social media content, what happens is we expect higher results immediately, right? So your CFO might say, if I'm spending uh, 5,000 euros on social ads, what's my immediate return tomorrow? You typically don't get that question when you have an organic content strategy. So just something to keep in mind. This is the model I'm going to walk you through, how to do it step by step. Um, it sounds simple enough, but you still have to do it and you still have to kind of walk through, uh, get that process installed. So it's called the COPE strategy, create once, publish everywhere. And what I mean by that is you create your content, you have a centerpiece where you create content, and then you use that content everywhere. But you don't make people flip platforms, switch platforms. So I'll give you an example. So if I'm doing a podcast, right, I'm not, take, I'm not sending out that podcast and say, the only place you can see that podcast or listen to the podcast is on podcast channels. You can watch that podcast wherever you want to. You can, you can consume that content anywhere where I, th where I think I should be. So I don't want to be everywhere. Um, live streaming. Right now, if you work for a company 
that has a competitive market, and who doesn't? Anybody? Anybody in a non-competitive market? No hands going up. No, didn't expect you to admit that, even if it was true. But live streaming right now is a fantastic way for companies to get out there. And the reason is because hardly anybody's doing it. And you know why nobody's doing it? Because you have to be authentic. You know how I'm standing here right now? I can't fake it, right? You either like me or you don't like me. At some point, you believe me or you don't. It's like there's no editing. So if you do a live stream to a podcast, to articles, it really can be a differentiator because a lot of companies struggle with that. Then you use that content everywhere else. TikTok. If you're a B2C brand and you're not on TikTok, I don't, I don't know why, why you wouldn't be. It is so easy to, to get on there. Um, short form audio is a new way. Uh, there's new networks out there, racket.com, others like that. Uh, web content is still important. If you have a crappy website, guess what happens? You're throwing money out the door. I mean, I just hired a plumber the other day, and you know who I hired? The person that had a good website and that let me reach out to them on social media via messenger. There was one company I had to call to make an appointment, and I don't want to call anybody. I don't want to be called. I just want to send you a message. I want to engage with you where I want to engage with you. So just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, Instagram, of course, some of those other things uh, also come in play. Short form video. I'll give you a couple examples how to use short form video. We don't have to overthink it. And I think this is where companies really, really struggle with it. They have to, you know, everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be t uh, edited to the to nth degree. Everything has to be really, really polished. And at the end of the day, people don't care. People do care about some level of production, but they don't care about perfection, quite frankly. They care about the content. At the end of the day, if you like my presentation today, you're going to like my presentation. You're not going to leave and say, I can't believe this guy from Marion, Iowa, in the United States, was wearing a green polo to a conference. Doesn't he know he should be wearing a suit? There's no way you're going to say that if you like the content. If you don't like the content, you might find other reasons to pick on it. So keep that in mind. Create ones. Publish everywhere. Does anybody here have a team that's big enough? You never need help to do anything. You're good to go. You don't need any more help. You're, you, you work your eight hours, you can go home, and there's nothing left to do. Does anybody have a team like that? Anybody? Be honest. I'm not going to pick on you. Nobody? Or you can nod, or you can shake your head. No? I've never seen... You have a team that's big enough? Awesome. This is the first person that has answered that question like that. So that's awesome to see. Typically, most, most companies don't have a team that's ever big enough. Whether you have three people, or five people, or 60 people, you can always use more help. And the reason is because there's all these different channels out there. So how do we create content for all these different channels? How do we actually get there? Um, and, and the way you want to start is, for, I mean, we're not going to cover how to create a strategy, how to create personas, and all those different things. But just at a high level, what you have to do is you have to know what's different about you. What is your customer's why? You've heard Simon Sinek talk about what's your why, maybe. Forget about it. Mark Schaefer says, what's your customer's why? I agree with Mark. 
And you have to figure out what can you offer them that's different to, to your competition. What's unique about you? What are you going to talk about? Uh, what's your personality? What's your brand? I actually had uh, the VP of marketing um, at Vox Pop Me one time say to me, hey, we want to be more fun, right? We want to be a fun brand. I almost call it flippant, but like more conversational, right? Don't take yourselves too serious. That doesn't work for every brand, but some brands, you know, you have to figure out how do you want to come across. And if you're too stilted, if you're not interesting, if you don't try different things, you know, it's really going to be much, much harder. So here's the strategy that I've seen work. And whether you're in a small company or big company, B2B, B2C, D2C, whatever the latest acronym is, it makes no difference. You can use the strategy. So just keep that in mind. So if you have any reasons that you see that you couldn't do it, see me after. I'll give you some ideas or, or shout them out right now. Um, happy to share that with you. So here's how we do it at VoxPopMe. VoxPopMe is a software platform uh, in the market research industry. We have a weekly live stream. And what we do on the live stream, we invite experts from the industry to come talk to us about a topic that's relevant to our customer. So that's very, very important because sometimes I want to talk to people. I'm not the host of the show, but I produce it. Sometimes I want to talk to people because I want to talk to them, but my consumer could care less, right, what they have to say. So you want to keep that top of mind. But then we invite them on. We say, hey, could you come on the show? Talk about whatever topic is. So here's Ashley Cummings. Uh, check her out on Twitter. She's fantastic. And she tweeted, the biggest marketing fail is if you just assume what your customers want and then create your strategy around it without asking them. So we talked about that for 30 minutes. Super interesting to market researchers. Another perspective, you know, when people are cutting research or, or something like that, you can use that as a strategy. And then we create questions. When you watch a show, I would like to say it's very conversational. It's fun, right? Sometimes they ad-lib just a little bit. Sometimes they kind of have follow-up questions that, you know, we didn't plan on. But the questions are very, very deliberate. And, and let me explain that to you. So what we want to do is we want to rank for all these terms. We want to use the content on social media. We want to use this content everywhere. So I have to ask the right questions to achieve that goal, right? So you have starter questions, and then they just have a conversation about it. The reason the live stream is so important, it's, it um, speeds up the process. Back in the day, if anybody can relate to this, let me know if you have the same process. Back in the day, here's what I would do. I would go to this executive, and I would interview them, and then we would write an article, and then we sent them the article, and how long do you think it takes them to approve the article? Hey, did you get my article? No response. Hey, have you reviewed the article? No response. It's like two weeks later. Have you done this? No response. Have you watched the video? No response. When you do a live stream, you're eliminating this whole annoying process. Has anybody had a process like that where you spend more time arguing with executives about reading your stuff than just uh, actually doing the work? Right? I mean, it happens plenty of times. When you do a live stream, you're setting the expectation that you're already live. So if you don't want it to be published, guess what the answer is? The answer is not for me to edit it. The answer is for you not to say it, right? Because we're already live. 
So that's another reason why live stream on social media is important. The other thing is, I talked about native content. Live streams on social media are native content. All these platforms are competing on live video right now. Some do better than others. Some, you know, some do worse. But think about when Instagram was rolling out Instagram Reels and was trying to co compete with TikTok. All of a sudden, you did an Instagram Reel. It wasn't even that good. Thousands of people watched it. So same thing here. All these networks are competing on live video. It's a super easy way to create native content. It's super authentic. You do have to plan just a little bit, but then you want to tie it into your COPE strategy. So that's just something to keep top of mind. Then we take the live stream and we turn it into a podcast. Super easy to do now. It used to be you have to take the video, ex, um, extract the audio, and then you would have to upload it. Well, guess what all the podcast channels are doing now? Spotify already has video podcasts for everybody. As long as your podcast is on Spotify, you don't even need audio only. So you take your video file from your live stream, you literally ship it over to the, the podcast channels and publish it. So now you're on 20 more channels. This helps with search. This is another channel where you can reach people. People are listening to podcasts. The numbers keep growing and growing and growing. And honestly, I hate when people tell me that, that so many people are listening to podcasts. You know why? It might be true that they're listening to podcasts, but they might not be listening to your podcast. So you still have to create good content. You still have to have something worth listening to. But once you push it out there, you just upload it. I do very little editing for the podcast. The only time I edit is when something happened on the live stream. So every once in a while, somebody's connection drops, right? Like we don't need to put that on the podcast um, or something like that. But there's no editorial editing. We don't need to cut every um and ah. Has anybody left yet because I said too many ums and ahs? No, right? You haven't because I don't know if I've said any, but, but like that's how we talk. We're human. Be human. Be authentic. So we distribute them on the podcast channels. Super easy to do and get it out there. Then the next step is to write an article from the podcast but about the topic. So, so the model that you've seen over the years is that we think about channels, we don't think about content. So what has happened is people say, people write an article about their podcast episode. They say, here's my latest episode, the, the guest is Christoph Trapp, blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Unless you have some big name who's been on every other podcast, nobody cares that you released a podcast episode. Trust me, and I've done hundreds of podcast episodes, and I hate to admit it. But what people care about is the answers to their questions. So here's the one show, for example. Should we be marketing in the metaverse? Does anybody know how to market in the metaverse? I mean, I, I, I don't, and I produce that show. I think it's still super early to be in the metaverse. We're not going to talk about how to do anything in the metaverse. I personally like how much lighter I look in the metaverse. But other than that, I haven't seen much advantage of it. But they care about that question, right? I saw some of you going, nope, I have no idea what's going on in the metaverse. So people search for that topic. People are interested in that topic. So focus on the topic that people might care about and write that article. 
The other thing that this model allows you, you then take pieces from that content and you share it on all the other networks. Sometimes that's the written word, sometimes that's um, video, sometimes it's a sound bite, sometimes it's a graphic. You know, think about the different types of content and then try and see what works. Um, I always love these debates. Should we put this nine minute video on LinkedIn? Who's gonna watch a nine minute video on LinkedIn? Anybody know? I don't know, but that's how long your video can be. So let's test it. If nobody watches it, let's cut them down. If everybody watches it, let's keep doing them. So just something to keep in mind. Always keep testing what works and what doesn't work. Here's a graphic, for example. Still the same show we've been talking about. Um, you know, so now it's just a quote graphic. You can adjust this very easily for Instagram, for Twitter, for whatever channel you want to use. You send it to the guests. This is another reason, another way to really rock your social media is you have to get other people involved. Faith Popcorn is a global thought leader on, on new technologies. Do you think she has a bigger reach than I do? Do you think she has a bigger reach than many companies? Absolutely. Right? So you want her to be your advocate and not just you sharing it from your company account, but say, hey, thanks so much for being on the show. Here's a graphic. Here's a video. Here's whatever. Would, can you share that too? That's how you expand your reach in the native content era, not the paid era. We haven't talked about spending any money on ads. We're not going to talk about that. But involve the people that are involved, right? That's one reason why you want to invite people on the show like that. Here's another quick example. Um, I might not run the whole video, but basically they had a show for 40 minutes and then we did the graphics, we did written content, we did other content, and then we create these video snippets that we use on different channels. Social media, you know, sometimes the sales team sends it out Why and go from there. Why you do this and do it well and do it well? Well, that didn't work, but it is, so basically it's a video of Why her talking, right? From the show, you can and picture, well. you can picture that. Oh, and now it's working. with velocity and um, imagination is because you're going where the eyes are. And the eyes and the bodies and the future is in the metaverse. Well, actually it's going to be in the multiverse, which is multiverse means you don't only go in the metaverse, but the multiverse allows you to, um, live in, on different platforms and places at the same time. It's, as the movie said, is a movie out which everybody really should see, everything, everywhere, all at once. And that relates to our trends. You know, we have these 17 trends. Um, uh, the 99 lives trend is blown up with this. People have to be everywhere and be everything and be doing it all at once. And besides giving you an example of why this is important, um, you know what she said, people have to be everywhere. So when you have some of these experts running around and saying, just pick one platform, just go here, just do that. And you look at those, what those experts are doing, none of them are only on one platform. It is not a good strategy to only be on one platform. Here's the reason why, because those eras I showed you, they change all the time. You know, I don't know when it's going to change. I don't know why something takes off today and why it doesn't take off tomorrow. So just something to keep in mind on how to do that. Why do some teams run into walls? 
I think the biggest reason is because we make it too difficult for ourselves. Our workflows suck. We use inefficient technology. Who here, be honest, I won't pick on you, who here still writes content in Microsoft Word that's supposed to go on a website? Anybody? Nobody? Everybody's perfect. So very common strategy. You can admit it. I won't judge you because I know it's very common. People write content in Word documents and then they copy and paste into the website CMS. I think that's the worst workflow ever because you can't see how the content is supposed to look. Everything is disconnected, right? The Word content is disconnected from the images, from the links, from everything. If you don't copy it correctly, you know what happens? The f there's shitty formatting. Oop. Beep. There's bad formatting, right, on the website. So you want to make the workflow as easy as possible. Um, so just think about that. How can you write in the website CMS if possible? I personally uh, create all my content directly in WordPress. Um, you can edit in WordPress. So if my editor goes into WordPress, I can literally see what she changed. Like the history versions, they're right. It's just like track changes, except you don't have to accept it. So you can totally do that. So it's as easier as you can make your process, the better. And here's the other reason why. Some of these networks don't make it easy on us. I'll give you a quick example. On TikTok, if you create a TikTok video, you literally have to screenshot the video, send it to whoever needs to approve it, and then they have to send it back to you. It is totally a pain in the, in the behind. So just something to think about. How do you make it as easy as possible for whatever channels you're on? How to start the race and keep going. This is 100% a marathon. And I know you hear people say that, but most people when they do a podcast, you know what they do? They do like 15 episodes and they give up. Most people when they have a Twitter strategy, you know what they do? They tweet once in a while and they say it doesn't work. Well, it didn't work because you didn't follow the process. You have to stay out there. You have to stay in front of people and you have to share good content. When you look at all these experts who actually do this well, all the companies that do it well, you know what they do is they're always talking. Sometimes they're talking too much, but your audience will not see all their posts anyways, right? So you can keep talking and people won't see it um, all the time. The other thing is um, you have to commit to it um, and you have to make it easy. I think that's really the, be the, the best advice I can give you. Use the right technology, make it easy to move forward and you know, find the successes. I'll give you one more example from TikTok. We recently started a TikTok strategy. I was not necessarily that convinced that TikTok is the right place for that content, but the initial numbers were really, really good. So we want to keep doing it, right? And so we're trying to figure out how do we tie it all together and make sure that, um, that we have content that we can feed to our audience there. If you have any questions, if you want to tweet me, that's my email. Um, Twitter is by far better to, to get in touch with me. Uh, any questions, feel free to ask them now or come up, come up after. I'll be here for a little, little while. And, you know, share good content. Do not create crap content. Crap is actually an acronym. It stands for content really annoying to people. So we don't want to create that, right? We want to create content that's relevant, that drives business results. But the way you drive business results through native content on social media 
it has to be relevant to your audience. You cannot just create content for your boss. Back in the day when I was a newspaper reporter, you know how we created content? The only person that really had to like my content because it was print only was my boss. If my boss liked it, I was golden. Nobody knew if anybody was reading it. Nobody knew if it was doing anything, right? It was just on paper. But today, if my boss doesn't like a piece of content or thinks, oh, maybe this and this and this, she doesn't care as long as people read it, as long as it drives whatever it's supposed to be driving. So any questions, thoughts, comments, judgments, if you didn't like my polo, send me a, an email. Happy to talk to you. Um, good luck sharing relevant content. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review The Business Storytelling Show on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. See you then.